Ukulele Tales with John Atkins. Hello, hello. We are back. Yes, way back in July, I think it was, I said that I was taking six weeks off to recharge my batteries. And well, three months later, uh, here we go. I'm finally back. It has been a crazy few months, to be honest. And while I have, of course, missed you guys, I honestly haven't had a huge amount of time for rest and relaxation. In fact, it's been go, go, go a lot of the time. Firstly, back in July, August time, we moved house, which, as you probably know, is one of the most stressful things you can do in the best of times. But we made it doubly hard for ourselves by buying an incredibly old place that hadn't had any work done to it for something like 50 or 60 years. So we had to spend a good chunk of the summer pretty much renovating our property from floor to ceiling just to make it habitable, which, as I'm sure you can imagine, was both hard work and thoroughly exhausting. But we did it. Uh, we're now in our new house, still in England, still in Bath, actually. And we're feeling very snug and a little bit smug and very comfortable in our new home. And I'll tell you another thing that happened as well. Percy, our son, who I'm sure some of you may even remember being born just a short while ago, somehow turned five. Yes, five years old and started school. Don't ask me how that happened, as I honestly have no idea whatsoever. But our little boy is growing up, and it's been amazing to see him grow not just in stature, but in confidence too. And of course, I've still been recording interviews for this podcast, and season two promises to be even more amazing than season one, if that's possible. I've been up to London to meet Will Grove White, formerly of the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. I've spoken to Marlo, who's in Los Angeles, and Sammy Turton, aka Four String Boy, in uh, Denmark, Mark Gallagher in Manchester, and lots of other people in lots of other places. In fact, one that Percy is particularly excited for, I recently spoke to CBeebies superstar and former Britpop stalwart too, Nick Cope. And let's be honest, we couldn't have kicked things off with a much bigger guest than this one, Cynthia Lynn has been making a splash in the ukulele world, pun very much intended, with her incredibly well-received new album, In Waves, recorded with her band U3. Now, I've known Cynthia for the best part of six or seven, maybe eight years, but as is so often the case in this profession, we've not had the chance to have a proper sit-down and a chat for a long time. So this was a great excuse to sit down and catch up with an old friend and also find a little bit more about what makes Cynthia tick. Now, I don't think she does too many interviews, so this is a bit of a scoop for Ukulele Tales. So if you enjoy it, please tell your friends to check it out and spread the word about my Ukulele Tales podcast. Uh, as ever, we are sponsored by the lovely Carla Brand Music, who've been providing me with some excellent musical instruments for years. And if you want 10% off anything on the Carla store, just head over to carlabrand.com forward slash teacher for my exclusive 10% discount just because you listen to this podcast. Uh, we're also sponsored today by the amazing Vidami Blue Foot Pedal, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later on in the show. But for now, here's part one of my conversation 
with Cynthia Lynn. At the end of my trip, I had to come back to London to fly to fly back to the States. And I had one night and I wanted to go see a musical on West End. Um, and I, I saw that Guys and Dolls was playing and you wanted to hang out. So I invited you to see it, even though you said that you didn't like musicals. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big musicals <laughs> guy, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it, this one was kind of fun. Kind of, kind of fun. So. <laughs> it was interesting. You know, they did this yeah. interesting staging. Um, well, you told me that. A... You, you, sorry, just to, to, mm -hmm. to uh, interrupt a second. You told me when we were there that one of your sort of ambitions or goals maybe in life was to perform in a Broadway musical. But I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if you were joking or not, or how serious you were, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's something that um, that I've wanted since I was a kid. Um, that uh, I think I always felt most at home on the stage. And, you know, uh, all through school, in um, high school, college, I was singing and dancing and acting, you know, what they call the triple threat. And even uh, when I had my first job out of college on the side, I was doing performing stuff. And then I just realized that I couldn't, I couldn't work in an office. You know, I had a software job when I first graduated college. I just couldn't work in an office. And so I quit yeah. so that Been there, I could, done that. Yeah. 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 Um, so that I could, you know, well, there's something about, I would say, being an artist and trying to do your art for survival, right? Versus mm. just doing it on the side. Um, I really wanted to spend the majority of my day, uh, this is my tagline, like following my passion, right? I tell people to follow your passion because that's what's going to to inspire you most and take you to the next level of who you're, you're supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so this whole mm, music career, I would say even my ukulele journey is all just about me continuing to discover my musical self. And on the side of this, I've still been doing um, acting related things, doing vocal coaching, coaching actors. Um, I've been doing dance related things um, as well. And I think uh, I've reached this interesting point in my life. I moved to Hawaii um, to, to kind of have a little more space, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I think living in San Francisco, I think it was just getting a little busy for me and moving to Hawaii was good. I, I would say for my ukulele knowledge, my ukulele immersion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the place um, to be if you want to be a, a ukulele person, right? Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, I got more me time, more ocean time, more beach time, more um, nature time, more reflection time. And um, in, in this uh, interesting colliding of universes, the acting school where I used to teach in San Francisco, they expanded to have a branch in Honolulu. Is that so, where you are? Honolulu? Yes. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just over the past year, I got reconnected with um, the acting school here and um, working with actors again. And it's really stoking in me this um, this uh, dream that I used to have. So I'm essentially prepping myself for that in many ways. Like I, I see that as my next journey. I, I don't really know where it's going to go. You know, I say, follow your passion. Like I'm just in it right now. Right. Um, yeah, deciding yeah. that I want to r immerse myself in theater and, um, and getting back into dancing, acting and that kind of singing, you know, it's a different kind of singing than, than let's say pop singing. Um, so, so it's the dream is still there and I'm laying the groundwork, but I'm, uh, my personal philosophy is that I don't really like goals per mm -hmm. se, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think there's like, uh, a really, you know, kind of limited endpoint to declaring a goal versus on a daily habit, uh, or, on you know, on a daily basis, creating these, uh, rituals for yourself where you're advancing yourself little by little. So, yeah, um, it's still, it's, it's, in the horizon, on yeah, the horizon, yeah. it's on the horizon. Yeah, it's on the horizon. I, yes, yeah, yeah. It was fun that you were there for the musical with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Night. No, thank you for inviting me. It was it was fun to get a little taste of it and then uh, and then leave at the end of all <laughs> because uh, yeah, I can only stand so much musical theatre. But no, it was, I, uh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Let's let's talk a little bit about your tour, actually, because sure. like you said, you were gone for was it three or four, three and a half weeks or so, and it was yeah. It, like I feel like when you've sort of toured before, have you toured to this extent? I mean, this was basically like a world tour, right? Well, I mean, this was an extended European tour. Um, I mean, extended meaning that we we took a fair amount of time in each city versus um, you know the night after night traveling kind of tour mm. um yeah uh we did our west coast tour in may then this was with u3 yeah um so yeah this tour was different because it was with u3 i hadn't really toured with a band or with a group before um i've toured plenty on my own um especially when i was younger like you know more of a uh, hungry singer songwriter just yeah. like me and me and my guitar driving around the United States, because you could do that here, right? You right. could just drive state to state, city to city, and get lots of shows under your belt, you know? So um, I always loved that um, because I was really hungry to perform and, and hone my craft, right? Of yeah, yeah. Capturing an audience, hearing my songs. Well, um, uh, this has got to have been a bit different then because this time people are coming to see you, right? Whereas I feel like when you were touring, when you were younger, People mm -hmm. are going to see music, and you happen to be that music, right? Yeah. Um, I was still playing singer-songwriter venues where I was listening on the bill. You know, okay. it wasn't um, like playing background music at, at restaurants, okay. which is, okay. is a great gig to have. You know, I've definitely done those kinds of gigs as well. But when you're a young singer-songwriter, you drive around basically going to singer-songwriter venues, right? These cafes where people come to hear songs. Yeah. Um, and they're 
you know, the audiences are very small. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're lucky yeah. if you have like 25 people, right? Yeah. And it's all about, well, back then it was like you build your email list, right? Yeah. Uh, this yeah. was before social media. Um, you're, you're, um, gathering like MySpace fans you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that long ago. Um, yeah. And then when I was touring uh, in like 2018, 2017, 2018, 2019, before I moved to Hawaii, it was, it was kind of like me taking my ukulele show on the road, me exploring what that was like. Um, yeah, I'm like very much into everything being an experiment right yeah, so yeah. yeah as my youtube um presence and audience was growing and then my patreon was growing i just i wanted to take it on the road i you know visited my sister in australia and uh, was able to um organize shows and just it uh, as i traveled around different places and I got invited to festivals. I saw that, you know, my audience was growing and I was trying to see what I could do with just a solo show. Yeah. Um, the, the U3 thing is great because I wanted friends right, <laughs> on okay. the tour. It's a lonely job, isn't it? I guess touring on your own. It can be, it can be. Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm a very much like a DIY, do-it-yourself, wanting to be in control of everything, you know, or or also like not knowing how to ask for help. And so yeah. in many ways, you know, just taking on the responsibility of the whole tour. So with the U3 tour, it was nice to have the friends on tour, have um, people come to see all of us. And then when I'm on stage with the guys um and you know for those out there who don't know you three is my band with ukuleni and ava grimas jr you know they're both such hammer musicians that like i can just really focus on singing and and um delivering the show and um that yeah when we're on stage it's magic you know yeah. it's just it, we all lose ourselves in the time that we're on stage and the connections with the audiences are so great um that's something that i, I kind of kind of forgot about <laughs> during the pandemic like just how electric it is to connect in real life with an audience yeah so, yeah. Thanks to everybody out there who came to the shows on tour. Um, yeah, it was. It's been a blast, and yeah, yeah. West Coast tour. It just we had huge audiences, and 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 even in Europe, like I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and we had full audiences for every show. So. And would you say it was um, sort of YouTube that made this possible? A combination of, uh, yeah, I would say YouTube. And Patreon, but Patreon really does kind of come from YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. YouTube, um, it is the it is the widest market, right? It right. is like the uh, that as you know, it's the biggest channel that you can find. Yeah, right? so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's and it's so free and open for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you guys actually? get together as a sort of deliberate thing because <laughs> i feel like i saw you playing at nam years ago but i don't know if it was you guys or not you, i remember you were playing sweet child of mine and there were two yeah. there was someone on either side of you i'm sure one of them was lenny but i can't remember yeah, who the yeah, other yeah, guy yeah. was was that abe no, or... the... yes yeah. that was yeah. that was like 
you three before we were you three. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We, well, now Abe lives in Honolulu also. So he moved here, um, you know, during the pandemic. But before he was living in LA. And then, you know, Lenny and I were in the Bay Area. Yeah. And then I moved to Hawaii. So, I mean, we were in three very different places. Um, and, you know, we honestly just, we're all busy with our own different, you know, artistic careers. So we don't get together very much. And on the West Coast tour, uh, you know, we, we were like thinking about it. It was probably only like the eighth or ninth time that we'd played together. Oh, wow. You know? Okay, yeah. 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 So um, when you saw us at NAMM, we had probably just done like our first recording session, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, where we, yeah, in in those few times that we'd gotten together and played. And it was mostly like my project. It was mostly like, hey, what if you guys come and play with me, right? Play like these couple songs that like I, I've been thinking about. Um, we started there and decided that we wanted to record it like, you know, this kind of, uh, uh, I really believe that like that things fall into place when, when you have a vision for mm -hmm. them, you know, like we wanted to record and, uh, then the uh, recording engineer that both Abe knew and one of my good friends knew was available, Glenn, um, uh, Glenn Servich. And then we got together there, had some great recording sessions and thought, okay, this is a real project, you know, what are we going to do with this? And so we wound up adding, um, you know, probably was it the next year at NAMM? I think over the course of the year, we would meet up for, uh, meet in LA yeah. And it, this was like spaced apart, like, yeah. you know, yeah. January for Nam, and then like April and then June and then just meet for one day of rehearsal and then two or three days of recording. Um, and that's how we got the album recorded. And it wasn't probably until the third or fourth recording session that um, we came up with a name for you three. Yeah. How did you <laughs> yeah. get the name? It's like you two, but one better or... Oh, uh, we didn't, you know, I did not even make the connection to you two. It's crazy. Yeah. Until like later on, people right. were like, oh, like you two was like, oh, uh, no. But yeah, I guess if you want to think of it that way, um, we, we had like a, a thousand, you know, not safe for work names. And then, mm. <laughs> um, you three, it just made sense, you know, ukulele, three people. I don't know. Yeah. It was just like so simple and logical and uh, everything else that we came up with was unusable so we Fair just enough. went yeah. with it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Uh, your album in waves that is yes. your only album right or as that you is say, our only yeah. album when did yeah. it come out because i thought it was oh, like man. just now but on apple music it says like august 2020 or something yeah well we re released it during the pandemic, right? Mostly because I I'm an impatient person, mm -hmm. and I was just like the album's done, and we're not doing anything right now during the pandemic. So I just released it, um, and without too much fanfare. Even though uh, I think if I were a record label professional, I would have done things differently. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of. Uh, 
records were held. Does that make sense? Like yeah, you normally, yeah. yeah, you would hold it until until you know that artist was ready to tour and promote and all that. And I'm an independent artist and you know releasing it myself. So um, I yeah we released it during the pandemic, August 2020. We did an online uh, release party. We did a virtual release party where uh through really complicated daisy chaining we played live all together oh wow okay yeah and did that Where, work like, it worked or it worked i mean you know it's it's a little sketchy but it works but it's basically like you know one person sends their feed to the other person who plays along and then who sends their feed to the third person who then plays along so like that third person is like you know like a minute yeah, I yeah. don't know, maybe not that long, but like 40 seconds delayed. <laughs> oh, wow, like, okay. It's pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was also like another way to experiment with making that real life connection during the pandemic. I think we were just so eager, right, to like play yeah. music with other people. Yeah. It was so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a great album. Um, oh, it, thank you. No, you're welcome. I was listening to it again tonight and... Is it all cover versions? Because like I recognize like most of the songs, but I feel are they all yeah. covers? Yeah. Um, Aquamarine is my original song, okay. and then there's another one, Sanctuary, is also my original. song. Oh, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, and then the rest of them are 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 uh, arrangements, are interpretations of and covers. Yeah. Yeah, the one I really loved was um, "You Don't Write." Which, oh. I, which I thought must be an original because I just hadn't heard of it. Then I Googled it and, and heard, I finally got into like the, is it, how do you say the Kawa Crater Boys? The Kawa Crater Boys. Kawa Crater Boys, yeah. But that's just such yeah. an incredible uh, arrangement. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's by far my favorite on the album, yeah. Oh, that yeah. one is a fan favorite. So, yeah. And, and you know, we're all, I mean, I was kind of surprised about that. But, yeah, that one is a fan favorite. So that's good to know. Oh, Thank cool. you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's great yeah. stuff. Well, I'm really loving this conversation with Cynthia Lynn, and I want to thank her again for the great chat that we had. It really was lovely having a good catch-up with you, Cynthia. And let's not leave it so long again till next time. Now, we'll be back in a moment with more from Cynthia, but I just wanted to let you know that because we spoke for so long, even though this episode itself is pushing 40 minutes, there is going to be an extra 25 minutes of the conversation that will be a Patreon-exclusive now, I've been trying to figure out a good way to do this for a while, but basically, if you sign up to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash uketeacher for $5 or higher, you will get the extra 25 minutes of our conversation. And believe me, it is every bit as interesting as the stuff you're hearing here. In fact, we'll chat about Cynthia's decision to move to Honolulu, why she was ready to walk away from YouTube in 2018, why she decided to stop making ukulele tutorials, and also her concept of 1,000 true fans that has allowed her to live her best creative life. Now, the chat is a bit of a behind-the-curtains conversation, and I think you're really going to hear a bit more of the real Cynthia Lynn with this one. So if you want to hear a bit more of the two of us chatting, sign up today to patreon.com slash uketeacher, and not only will you get this awesome bonus content, but you'll also be helping me to continue creating the show 
and putting out some more interviews with some really top names. Now, we'll be back in a minute with more from Cynthia discussing her very cool 100 Days of Ukulele project. But just before we move on, I want to say another big thank you to one of the sponsors of today's show, Badami Blue. In case you haven't seen me talking about it on social media, it's basically a Bluetooth foot pedal that has really changed the way that I practice the ukulele. Now, instead of constantly lunging at my iPad to turn the page whenever I'm playing a song, I can simply press the forward or back buttons to turn over a page without having to stop playing or dropping my ukulele. And that alone, for me, has been really helpful. It's just a great page turner. But on top of that, it also works as a really good YouTube controller. So when you're watching one of Cynthia's ukulele tutorials, again, you don't have to keep putting down your uke to wind back the YouTube video. You can just use the Vidami Blue foot pedal to move backwards or skip forwards throughout the video just using your feet without having to take your fingers off the fretboard. You can also slow the video right down as well to really master those tricky bits. And you can even create a loop on the YouTube video to play the same bit over and over and over again till you get the hang of it. It's an amazing pedal. I got mine nearly a year ago now, and it's honestly not an exaggeration to say that it's really changed the way that I practice the ukulele and basically just go about my day-to-day -day life as a musician. Oh, and for the home recording buffs out there, it even works on GarageBand. So if you've just set up your microphone or your guitar or, of course, your ukulele, uh, there's no need to put your instrument down and run back to the computer to press record. You can just use the Vidami Blue foot pedal wherever you are. And of course, it's totally wireless too. So just go to vidami.com for more info and check out the Vidami Blue foot pedal. It's really changed things for me, and I'm sure a load of you guys will get a kick out of it too. But for now, let's get back to the second half of my chat with Cynthia Lynn. So tell us a bit about your 100 Days of Ukulele project. It's <laughs> such a lead. <laughs> I can, I can segue it from before. No, it's totally fine. But, uh, you know, um, one of the times that I'm most present on social media is during the 100 Days project. You know, um, I started the 100 Days of Ukulele project in 2015 um, as part of this global 100 day project and it's just this uh, concept of um, doing a repeated action and, and um, in this case, you know, creative action for 100 days in a row and just tracking the journey of it. Um, and I totally jumped into this, you know, just when I was like starting to like really get into ukulele, you know, because I used to be a guitar player and then, mm. um, yeah, then I... Then I started dancing hula, and hula um, led me to playing some ukulele, and then touring with my guitar, and actually, you know, having flight attendants get mad about the guitar yeah, <laughs> many yeah. times, yeah. enough times yeah. that I was like, you know what, let me just see if I could just travel with an ukulele, it's so much easier. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so like I used to play 20... the uh, the double bass at school, so I totally relate to that. Oh my you know? goodness! Yeah. 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 Bless you. <laughs> yeah. We had to borrow the school minibus so I could take it home to practice. Oh but, so God. it's like a lot easier to play the uke. I totally get where you're coming from there. But the double bass yeah. does sound really cool. It is know? pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, the 
100 Days of Ukulele Project, um, it was, was really the foundation for why, for, it was the foundational content for my YouTube channel, you know? Um, that's something that's important for people who are starting out on YouTube. You, know, you have to have content, right? Mm. You have to have a good amount of content. Yeah. And so, and I didn't even make it to 100 Days, oh, you didn't? first project. No, no. Okay. I ended, I think, at day 63. You know, I was just like, okay, you know what? I got to go on and do other things with yeah. my life. <laughs> you, you guys get the gist, you know, right? You guys carry on, yeah. But yeah, that's where I started gathering followers. And and, um, and then from there, I was teaching ukulele um, in person in San Francisco and then wanting to create um, follow-along videos and tutorials for my students. And that's how... The tutorials started growing on my channel, you know. So, but anyway, um, going back to the 100 Day Project, like uh, when I invited my Patreon community um, and, and my online, you know, Uke Squad, the CL Uke Squad, shout out to the CL mm. Uke Squad, they started, uh, I invited them to join me in the 100 Days of Ukulele Project, I think in 2017. And um, every year since then, you know, folks have been doing it. So, you know, now we have like, you know, thousands of people across the world doing it with me, um, or not even with me. I mean, they are more hardcore than I am. You know, yeah. Uh, then, uh, yeah. But I'm al I'm also you know actually like playing music every single day of my life. You know, it's not yeah. really that. that yeah, you know, I need the hundred day project, but it's a good way to get people focused. And for myself, it's a reminder that every day is just like a little bit of the journey, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm I can record something and share something that is a work in progress and that's the that's the real killer for a lot of artists right that you're like okay well one more version and i'll release it right you right know? yeah and this yeah. is like the final 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 version four you know like yeah, it's like yeah. you just continue you know and you always have this it, it's dangerous to have this perfectionist mindset you know and just to get used to releasing things as you're creating them um, so yeah, that's when I'm most present on, um, social media and, and I think people are interested in that, um, work in progress mentality, you know, mm. um, they're always happy to, to, to see me trying new things or at, at least the audience that I want is happy yeah, yeah. to see me trying new things. So, um, yeah, every year when the, the 100 days comes around again, it's a good reminder for myself that it's all just part of a, a bigger journey. Yeah. Hey, you say yeah. the audience that you want. Uh, mm -hmm. Does that mean you're getting uh, an audience that you don't want as well? Like, are you getting sort of negativity when you try these things or something? Or just not as many people watch? Or Well, I would say that um, there are probably people who uh you know watch what i do and get i don't know um maybe feel like it's it's not not polished yet i don't know yeah um or they don't uh they're not into my like let's try this and see mentality um i don't i don't well hmm I don't get a lot of negative comments. Um, I mean, everybody gets, you know, some weird troll comments on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram, less so. You know, Instagram <laughs> tends to be a, a shiny, happy place. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, because yeah. I, I don't know if you remember, back at NAM, like, I don't know what it was, like a few years ago, 
Mm-hmm. I asked you, just because I was getting a bit weirded out by something. I said, um, oh, Cynthia, do you ever get like weird comments from people, like sort of unpleasant comments from people on the internet? And you yeah. said, uh, you said, John, I'm like a female musician. Like, of course, I get like sort of weird, creepy comments from people, and that that really opened my eyes as well. Like, I don't know, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that yeah. is still the case. It, you know? it is. I, I, I still get. Again, it still it still stands. If you are a, a woman, and especially, I think like you're sharing, you know, yourself in some way on the internet, then you're going to get weird, creepy comments. You know, I yeah. I mean, one like, you know, <laughs> one that I can share on, you know, on airs, but basically like uh, there are always people who are like, oh, I would marry you, you know, oh, right. okay, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. like rude and condescending, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow like I'm, I'm out there, you know, for marrying or yeah. trying to put myself out there to, you know, or some people be like, are you single? Like, uh, you know. Um, or, I mean, even the, I meet some like aunties and whatnot, and they're like, oh, can I introduce you to my son? You know, weird oh, really? things wow. like that. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, really yeah. weird, if you don't mind me saying. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I know all the things you said are weirder than anything that I've had, so I, yeah. I can't complain too much anymore. But uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from comments on, you know, what I look like, of my race, or, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, like, you know, weird, just like questions. And of course, there's always like the the like requests and whatnot. So yeah, it's a it's, it's something you have to get used to, you know, yeah. or people saying like, you can't sing, um, or like, well, you know, no one said that you, to you, surely. I mean, people say weird things like that. I mean, yeah, I get that every like day, that. but there's a reason for that. But like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm or sure like say, they, they, wow, that's crazy. You know, okay, yeah. unsolicited advice about yeah. like, oh, you know, you should like, uh, you know, like giving me vocal tips or giving, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. there's always going to be some, some commentary, um, and uh, it's. I think it's part of, I don't know, maybe just current society that you have to, you have to filter it out. But yeah. it's not always easy, you know. I definitely. Um, get like uh, people who who email me a lot or like have no clue how uh, uh, the internet works. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and um, yeah. Or the funny was some really funny ones are like people who have like tech questions, you know. And, yeah. Um, what for like yeah. Patreon and stuff or. Yeah, yeah, or even on YouTube, you like, or <laughs> I have some some videos where um, I only had like one um, the, the audio on the right channel. Oh, I have a really channel. early one. Yeah, I have one of them yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. be like, I can't hear anything, hmm. um, or you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you get this too, like a, a like a video that's had millions of views, and and, and then people are like. Like, oh, yeah, like, this is terrible advice or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what? I, uh, there's, like, a mistake in it or something. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'll just go and, like, re-edit it yes, now that, like, exactly. three million people have seen it or whatever. But, yeah. Right. Or, like, a, you know, a video from, like, 2014. And yeah. they're like, can you add lyrics and <laughs> yeah. graphics to this? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I cannot go yeah. back in time. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I absolutely yeah. get the ones people dig up, like, the oldest video they can. And they'll be like, oh, what did you mean by diddle I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> 
I don't even remember that time in my life. You know, I don't remember making that video. I don't remember that song. I've got no idea. So what what is next for you? Because again, you talked about sort of starting off as a singer-songwriter and writing all these songs, and now you've put out an album, but it's, what, 80% covers. So Mm -hmm. are you looking to get back to your own original material? or? Yeah, writing is an interesting um, inspiration. I think it, like, uh, has... It it has to be like a need, I think. Yeah. And and I, I uh, and it needs time. Um, so I think I'm looking forward to carving out time for writing. Um, yeah, and especially now that the tour is over, um, I would like to have more originals, but I'm also not one to push it. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, going back to, you know, the whole mantra of follow your passion, that uh, these different elements of theater are calling me right now. Um, and I believe that I will come back to writing. I've written some stuff during the pandemic that uh, hasn't presented itself <laughs> mm. hasn't found a place for for being performed but um might you know might come around when the, the next u3 recording session happens um yeah but uh being a singer songwriter and caring about songs is still in my blood it's just not um it's not bubbling right now yeah yeah and I'm and I and and I think I I have to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not one to yeah, to to force the writing of something. No, so, okay. When it comes yeah. it comes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, wasn't that a great conversation with Cynthia Lynn? I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. And don't forget, there is that whole extra 25 minutes or so of us chatting about some really cool and interesting ideas, such as the concept of having 1,000 true fans and why Cynthia was ready to walk away from YouTube for good back in 2018. Just head to patreon.com slash uteacher and sign up for $5 or more and you'll have access to all of the bonus podcast content. Also, I'm aware that some of you guys will probably be tuning in for the very first time to hear my conversation with Cynthia. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can do two things for me, if you please. One, go and check out the archive. I got some really cool episodes with some very, very interesting musicians. Uh, Danielle Ate the Sandwich, James Hill, Jake Shimabakuru, Victoria Vox, just to name a handful off the top of my head. So if you've enjoyed this one, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun checking out some of the others in the Ukulele Tales back catalogue. And two, please spread the word. I'm really doing my best to get this off the ground, but the only way I can do that is with your help. 
So if you've enjoyed this episode, please go and tell a friend about it or tell your uke-loving pals or share it on your Facebook or your Instagram or wherever you can. Tell people about Ukulele Tales and let's get some more people on board and checking out this really cool podcast. Now, incidentally, by the way, one of the goals that I set for myself when I started this podcast was to maybe get the chance to do some live episodes. And it's looking like in 2024 that might be happening. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, I can't say too much at the moment as there's still a lot to figure out. But fingers crossed. And it's definitely something that I'm really excited about. Now, as you know, I love hearing from you guys, and I do really appreciate your thoughts and feedback. So please go ahead and drop me an email to uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com. And yes, I do reply to every single message that I receive. Eventually. Okay, one more big thank you to our sponsor, Carla Brand Music, for helping to make the show possible. Don't forget to visit carlabrand.com slash uketeacher for a 10% discount on anything on the Carla website. I'll be back in two weeks' time with a very cool chat with one of Percy's favourite musicians, and he even has his own show on the BBC in England. Yes, I'm talking about the one and only Nick Cope. So, until next time, I love you all, and I wish you the best.